0: Emotional Detox, 7 Steps to Releasing Toxicity and Energizing Joy is out in the world now. Most of what we have been calling an emotion is actually a reaction. It is time to wipe the slate clean and learn the truth about our emotions, including the power they have to transform our lives, relationships, communities, health, finances, and more. Welcome to Emotional Detox with Sherrianna Boyle guys today i want to talk to you about the emotion of guilt if you have read my book emotional detox you're going to know that i call guilt a reaction i actually don't refer to it as a feeling and here's why Well, in the emotional detox mindset, when you feel your feelings, you actually feel better. So feeling your feelings brings you great relief. You can feel more grounded and centered. You feel more at ease and peaceful when you feel them. However, when you don't feel your emotions, that is what leads to a lot of reactivity. And in the emotional detox mindset, that is what we are clearing. That's what we're calling toxic is the reactions towards our emotions. So guilt to me is a reaction because we have all sorts of thinking about it. It creates a lot of different behaviors and reactions, and it's, it's such a strong force of suppression. It's a sign that you're not letting something move because there's so much reactivity around it. So I kind of see guilt as a collection of many, many different reactions. I actually brought guilt up in a yoga class recently. I I teach cleanse yoga and it was near Mother's Day. And I said, guys, you know, it's almost Mother's Day and I think it would be good if we clear guilt today. And they were like, okay, that sounds good. (laughs) And so I began the class asking, you know, how do you know when you feel guilty? And they just kind of froze. One, because we're not used to being asked questions in yoga. I totally get that. And I kind of teach outside the box a little bit. And my yoga classes are like, people tell me they're like group therapy, <laughs> But I did ask the question and they froze and that was interesting to me. And I I do believe that is one of the signs of reactivity around guilt. So if I asked you right now, how do you know when you feel guilty? And if you find yourself freezing, meaning you kind of draw a blank and it's almost like time stands still for a second and you almost get a little bit numb, not a presence thing standing still. It's a numb thing. And for me, that is the first sign of knowing that you feel guilt that or actually you're not feeling guilt in your body. And so you're having a reaction. So if you yourself kind of froze, then that is a sign of guilt. The other thing that I've picked up with people, whether it's with my clients or in classes, is guilt. How you know that you're reacting is you tell yourself you feel bad. You might say it in your head, or you might hear yourself saying it out loud. And if you don't know, ask people that are close to you. Say, look, do I say I feel bad a lot? Can you let me know if I say that? And they'll be honest with you, people that are with you a lot. And it can sound something like, I feel so bad I didn't call so-and-so today, and it was their birthday, or I feel so bad that I was late picking up my child today, or I feel so bad that I missed that appointment or that I didn't cook dinner for the family or whatever it is that comes up for you. I feel so bad that I, I uh, said that to that person and they were, they seemed like they were a little upset or put off or whatever it may be. You tell yourself that you feel bad, that word bad, that that is a sign that you are in fact suppressing guilt. The other sign that I see in people is they get really quiet when guilt is present and I'm not talking about the quiet meaning a meditation kind of quiet where you're just kind of tuning in and taking some time for yourself. I'm talking about a withdrawal so it would look and feel different so maybe you kind of round your shoulders a little bit or put your head down or look away and you can see this a lot in in young people. I, I I see it when students are in my class and my when I teach psychology and I bring up certain topics, or maybe I'm asking students whether they are preparing for an assignment or if they did something. And they might feel guilty because I can see them look away and kind of distract and not no longer make eye contact and withdraw by uh, doing other things, just not being present. And I know that is a sign of guilt it's not that they don't care guilt is showing up in their body because they feel that they are disappointing me in some way and it's really not about me it's about something else that's buried within them but I know from working with my students over the years that I can tell when they have sort of that letdown kind of feeling show up like somehow they're they're not meeting standards or I'm not going to approve of them the way that they had hoped kind of thing. Now, when I was teaching the yoga class, someone actually brought up this one. I hadn't thought of this one before, but they mentioned that they know they feel guilty because they hear other people's voices in their head, which is kind of interesting. And what they they meant by that was they hear like what everybody else wants. They hear what they should be doing or where people want them to go or how they want them to be in the world, what they want them to think and feel kind of thing. So I'm going to offer that example because that, that actually came from one of the members in my, my yoga class. And a lot of people were nodding their heads about that one. And that's not the way I have experienced it, but I do want to bring that out that other people experience guilt by just hearing this chatter in their brain another way that you know you feel guilty is if you find you are telling people that you are fine <laughs> and so an example being again I'm, I'm going to use the yoga class to make this point so i was working them pretty hard i run um of a moderate level of class, and so I'm having them do push-ups and sit-ups and all sorts of things integrated, and I can tell that one of my students is feeling a bit fatigued by the practice and she was new to the class she actually just met me for the first time and I checked in with her during class and I said do you want a glass of water because we have water right in the hallway and people it's very common for people to leave class go grab some water come back in kind of thing and I encouraged them to do that and she said no I'm fine and I thought that was really interesting and I, I ended up going in the hallway and grabbing a a glass of water and putting it down on her mat and saying, look, this is the way guilt shows up folks, right? We say we're fine and we absolutely disregard checking in with ourselves. Now her brain told me she was fine and she probably was fine, but her body, (laughs) I could tell needed water And so this, these are some of the behaviors around guilt. It's like, we just don't check in with ourselves. We, it's all about everybody else. It's all about sort of maintaining and, and not allowing yourself to take a second, right? This is what it looks like when you go around in the world with guilt suppressed in the body. This is how you behave. You behave by disregarding your own needs. And that is a guilt thing. Now, I've also heard people say when I bring up this topic, they, they feel they challenge me a little bit. And they say, you know, I think guilt isn't such a bad thing because without guilt, we wouldn't know right from wrong. Right. And they might have been raised in a way where they felt like guilt was sort of a moral compass. And. I'm not in agreement with that, although I can certainly appreciate that viewpoint. I actually find it to be the opposite with people. I find the more you suppress and repress guilt in your body the less you are, uh, the, the chances are you might get clouded in your moral compass. So what I have found in working with people is that suppressed guilt can often lead to behavior such as addiction. I've seen that a lot. And remember addiction could be anything, it could be addiction to food. It can be shopping. It can be pornography. It can be, uh, it could be just addiction to, to, uh, video games, our phones, all sorts of things. So, So I have found the opposite, and that's how I challenge that. I call it dishonorable behaviors. I also have found that repressed or suppressed guilt can lead to... Adultery, it can lead to lying, people lying about things, not being completely honest. And the the challenge is they might really believe their lies because when you suppress this emotion and you don't let it surface and circulate, it just what i call it it creates a low vibrational mentality meaning you can only see things through a certain lens you you don't get to see a wider higher viewpoint and so people might actually believe that these behaviors are okay and just somehow justified So now I want to make sure that I give you guys some tips on how to handle guilt. And the number one thing that I will always, always encourage you to do first is to cleanse. And whenever you hear me refer to the cleanse method, it's the seven steps that are featured in my book, Emotional Detox. And the reason I bring that up is it is the seven steps for feeling rather than reacting to your emotions. And it's going to be pretty difficult to, to, for you to implement the other suggestions that I'm going to offer in just a moment if you are in a state of reactivity. So I will always, always say that is my absolute motto that we cleanse first and then we act next. Because if we don't, the action piece is going to be a reaction and then we're just going to revisit and retrain our brain and bodies to do the same thing even though it might in the moment look a little bit different and sound a little different on an energetic level it's going to be the same pattern so I always say you have to cleanse first once you've cleansed and The method, once you have it down, takes about maybe five, six minutes. At least that's what some of my clients tell me. Then the second thing about guilt to know is that it's really about pressure, right? People experience it and it negatively influences their life because they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves. And their, their expectations are really high. And people who have guilt buried typically have really long lists. They have long to do lists and they kind of run over into other lists and they don't, they don't give themselves a chance or they rarely give themselves a chance to really soak up what their strengths are or what they have accomplished or the good in their life. It's always about what's next, what's next. And they expect themselves to be really like a, like a super, a super being, right? That you're just going to do everything and you're going to do everything perfectly. And I do find that word perfect is in there somewhere under guilt. You know, this, this idea of overachieving and, and wanting to be uh, quote-unquote perfect in all areas of their life, whatever that happens to look like. So when you allow yourself to feel this emotion, my guess is that you are going to be releasing that reaction of, of wanting or needing to be perfect. Or I might substitute that with the word better. If you hear yourself, I just want to get good at, or I want to be better, or I, I I could do this better kind of thing. That language is often linked to that. Guilt is also a sign Um, as far as a a sign and both a way to handle it after you've cleansed, is know that you are trying very, very hard to fix something. And once you cleanse, you're going to release that. The fixing thing is contributing to the suppression and repression of guilt. So this is something that you're going to want to pay attention to. And the fixed thing can look a lot about accommodating, like what can I do for everybody else kind of thing? How can I make everybody else happy? How can I make this situation better? What do I need to do differently? And that can lead to a lot of frustration because sometimes there really is that it's really not your job. It's about somebody else stepping up to the plea and taking responsibility for something. And when you take all of that on, you are pushing down the guilt that is, that already existed in your body. And it really, really wants to come up and to heal and to transform so that you can reach your highest potential. And I'm going to say that if you are not experiencing your feelings, you don't even know what that is yet. So you want to be taking the pressure down off yourself, and you want to really pay attention to those words, perfect, and instead be focusing more on feeling. So exchange the idea, the image, the, the fantasy of perfect for how can I feel more in my life? And then really watch when you go in to fix something. And that means you're you're actually going into suppression. So I want you to take a step back from that behavior and, and start to convert that into, okay, how can I be in this situation rather than what can I? do shift it to what can I be and feel in this moment so I hope that supported you today I want to make sure that we end our time today with a breath and so we're going to inhale now together and when the emotional detox way we always inhale through the nose and you always exhale through the nose and that's really the main thing inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the nose and as you exhale you pull that navel to the spine so your navel goes in on exhale and your navel extends on exhale as if you're blowing up a balloon so everybody take another deep breath with me here inhaling and exhaling Awesome. Thank you for joining me today. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Emotional Detox live group coaching sessions and all of Sheriana's books, go to SherianaBoyle.com.